I'm Bonnie. Welcome to our podcast, where uh, along with my hosts, Elizabeth and Christina, we explore the joys and challenges of homeschooling and of family life. An awareness of, of beauty and an appreciation for art in all its forms has been an important aspect of our home education. As you know, the last few episodes, we've talked a lot about, about beauty and art. Years ago, I discovered Catholic heritage curricula and was first introduced to their art appreciation resources for young kids. They have an art masterpieces series. A desire for a deeper understanding of art led us to CHC's program Ever Ancient Ever New. This program is in two parts. Part one of Ever Ancient Ever New guides us from ancient art forms to the art of the Renaissance. Part two leads us from the art of the high Renaissance through to the modern era. What really drew us to this program was the art appreciation aspect of it and the history aspect of it with a distinctly Catholic perspective. But the program also presents art theory and opportunity for practice with a companion art pad that comes along with it. They give the children projects that they can work on to practice some of the art skills inherent in the program. CHC materials are always steeped in beauty and this program is visually delightful. For us, it helped us cultivate a sensitivity for beauty and gave us a solid foundation in the eras of art and the character that define them. The lives of artists and cultural influences that affected art are explored in the context of each chapter. One of the really awesome parts of Ever Ancient Ever New is that it can be used independently from children about, they recommend about grade five and up, or it can be read together as a family. As something we've really valued in our family, this program makes art appreciation something that parents can share with their children without being overwhelmed by the idea of introducing art. Beautiful, it's simple, it's engaging. I will put a link to the program in the show notes. Have a look. And you can also enjoy all of CHC's art programs that they offer for younger kids as well. I am grateful for CHC's support of this podcast. Thank you. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon, Christina and Johanna. Christina, I would like to introduce Johanna Segrin. Christina was all over this. She saw a program that Johanna is presently working on, and she said, we have got to interview this gal. So, <laughs> so thank you, for Christina, for bringing her to the fore. Johanna has always felt in her heart a distinct call to serve others through counseling. She has a bachelor's degree in psychology and theology, as well as her master's in counseling from Franciscan University. Johanna has worked as a missionary, as a therapist, prior to starting her own practice, spending time in community services of mental health as well. As a mother herself, Johanna believes wholeheartedly in supporting mums in all circumstances and stages of motherhood. And you have expanded that elsewhere into a new program, which we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later as well. In family wellness, the program is, is probably a, would that be a pretty good phrase to encompass what it's, what it's all about? It looks beautiful. So we'll get into that in a few minutes. But maybe I was hoping you could maybe tell us a little bit more about yourself and your family. Sure. So I was uh, born and raised in a small town in Colorado, and we actually just moved back to my hometown uh, to be closer to my parents about two years ago, literally the, the week that COVID hit. And so we moved into our house and then we were, you know, on lockdown. So it's a good thing we liked our new house. But um, we, my husband and I have been married for six years and we have two beautiful girls, uh, almost five. We have a birthday coming up and a two and a half year old. And then we also have a sweet little heaven baby that we lost last year to miscarriage. And I am currently pregnant with our fourth little one. So oh, that lovely. Was cool. Congratulations. Thank you. Be here 
around Easter time. Oh, so, congratulations. Our family. Um, and then our first daughter was born unexpectedly with a really rare uh, diagnosis. It's called bacterial association. And so it's a, it's a set of congenital abnormalities that tend to appear in a cluster. That obviously was just a huge shock and surprise for my husband and I. And I think my transition into motherhood was obviously very different from what I expected it would be. And that's really shaped, I think, who I have become as a mother and kind of part of what also led me to develop this new program. So we can talk more about that. But that's our our family. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's hard. I imagine there's a lot of emotions to, to sift through, too, when you're not expecting what what you think it's going to be, this magical thing. Of course, there's still magic involved and, and beauty and love, but yeah, a bit jarring. I remember years ago reading about, um, reading an article on somebody who uh, gave birth to a Down syndrome child. The baby was born, and then they found out that the child had Down, Down syndrome. And the article was really beautiful because she said, it was like I was planning a trip to France, and instead of going to France, I ended up in Holland. And and because I was so frustrated about being in Holland, I was missing all the beauty that Holland had to offer. <laughs> and so I had to switch gears so that I could, I could absorb the beauty of this thing and this person and this situation. And I thought that was a lovely analogy. Yes, that makes so much sense. Uh, it really is like that. That was our experience. We didn't know. Um, we had done a 20-week ultrasound, but the technician actually missed it, missed all of the markers that were there. But we really think that that was God's providence because there would have been nothing we could have done about it. I would have just worried and been anxious the rest of my pregnancy. Uh, we probably would not have had a home birth if we had known. Uh, so all these little things that turned out to be just a, a blessing that we got to abide in God's peace the rest of our pregnancy and we got to have this beautiful home birth and and then yeah we did have to switch gears and you know we spent the first month of her life living in the NICU and the first year of her life you know was so different but I look back on pictures and there's also so much joy and she is just such a light to the world that we're so thankful for her. How, how is her health now? Is she, is her prognosis you know, good? Her prognosis is good. Uh, she's stable now and thriving. She probably has a few more surgeries ahead of her. Uh, but for us to have been able to think about living uh, further away than five minutes from Children's Hospital is where we used to live, like five minutes away. Now we live two and a half hours from Children's Hospital and we can manage a lot of things through telehealth that, you know, shows how much differently things are now than, than her first few years of life. So we're mm-hmm. thankful for how far she's come. Okay. Praise God indeed. So, Christina, did you want to start us off with questions? I have a few myself. but Sure. I... Well, I just, first of all, want to commend you. So this program, Interior Kingdom, that I saw advertised on Facebook was actually my friend Joy who posted about it on Facebook. So I saw it and I just thought, that is brilliant. We totally need this. This is an emotional regulation, a faith-based emotional regulation program, education program. 
if I, if I had to say what the biggest challenge of parenting has been for me, it's been learning to regulate my own emotions. Uh, you say that, you know, you're either co-regulating with your children, like you're helping them calm down or you're co-escalating with them, <laughs> which is just basically making it worse. That is the story of my life. I, I the, My biggest struggle is to not co-escalate, to not make it worse because I'm getting all riled up and I'm not able to maintain my own emotional regulation, I'm not able to stay in that window of tolerance emotionally. I'm usually going into hyper arousal <laughs> because that's my, my tendency is to go into fight mode. Whereas my husband's tendency is to go into hypo arousal. So he kind of freezes and shuts down. We have both noticed that that, you know, one of us is usually able to stay regulated in these situations when we're both there. But if it's just one of us, it's, you know, it's a lot harder sometimes. So I'm really eager to look into, to look more deeply into the program because I haven't had a chance to really delve into it. Like you said, our emotions and our spiritual life are very interconnected. So I love that you saw this need for an emotional regulation program that is in that is faith-based and that does not contradict our faith. The bigger issue I see is this concept that there's no such thing as original sin. <laughs> like children are just like these perfect kids that have just big emotion. Like there's nothing, no such thing as a sin or a bad behavior because all behavior is communication. And there's so much good stuff out there in the secular world, but it, you have to sift through it and you have to end up doing that yourself, which for some people is relatively easy and for others is much more challenging. So I love that you've done the work for Christian parents. And I love that you have an option for Catholics and for non-Catholic Christians. I think that's really cool. So I just wanted to kind of hear from you where you saw this need specifically with like different tools for kids versus parents in terms of regulation and how that you saw that as a problem that needed to be solved. Yeah. So, you know, my family about two years ago, I guess when my oldest was three, we did actually invest in one of the mainstream secular emotional regulation programs a super popular one. It's called Gen Mindful. And like you said, it's not that it's bad. You know, there's a lot of good elements in it, but there was also a lot of new age things. Like I would read on cards that I obviously wasn't comfortable with. And of course you can leave that out, but it was more about what is also lacking. And it's that spiritual integration of wanting to give my children a foundation for understanding their emotions that God gave them, how they are good. And yet, where is the virtue in how we express our emotions and live them out with action and intention? And another thing I noticed about secular programs is that the goal was always to shift from what is labeled a bad or a negative emotion to what's labeled as like a good emotion, either happy or calm. And actually, what the church teaches is that emotions are morally neutral and that there isn't such a thing really as bad emotions and good emotions. And I think in my work as a therapist, that's what I'm always helping clients to kind of rewire is their understanding of that. Because if we think that it's bad to feel angry or it's bad to feel nervous and anxious, or it's bad to feel sad, 
then we can't even allow ourselves to feel those things. So we try to shove them down and then they just boil up all the more because we need to feel those. And we see, you know, obviously in scripture, Jesus felt all of these emotions. You know, he was fully uh, human. He, that's what I love about the incarnation is he wanted to be one of us and to experience everything that we experienced, including human emotions. And we get to have glimpses of that through scripture. And so, you know, seeing kind of all of this, and I saw a bunch of people on Facebook commenting, you know, we need a Catholic version and uh, I couldn't agree more. And then God just put this vision of um, the interior kingdom on my heart as this way to have spiritual and uh, psychological integration. And so kind of taking what's just like a calm down corner, like a step further and giving us a spiritual paradigm or analogy so that we can connect these two worlds and that it's not two separate entities of like my emotional life is over here. My spiritual life is over here to really, again, have that mind, body, soul integration. I think in terms of what you were saying, Christina, of uh, parents and how, It's really hard for us to stay regulated when our children are dysregulated. A lot of the the mainstream programs are just focused on parents helping their kids. But what it fails to take into account is, again, a parent's own regulation system. And so we can't, you know, I know there's a lot out there now about double multitasking and how that's really actually hard for our brains. We can't do it very well in when it comes to emotional regulation, we definitely can't do it very well if we are trying to help a child who's having a meltdown. And we might be doing and saying all the things that we read in these books and heard on these podcasts that are like really great in theory, but in the moment, they're not helping this child. So then we feel frustrated, but we're not allowed to feel frustrated. And it's just this like snowball effect. And so that's why this program, it's not just for kids, it's for families, it's meant to promote co-regulation, that parents can tap into this analogy as well. And while they are using it with their children, without even really thinking about it, they're simultaneously regulating themselves and their kids. So it's you know, like you, you referenced the, the window of tolerance, it's bringing everybody back into the window of tolerance together, but without this extra effort of like parents trying to multitask and manage a child and manage themselves and then feeling like a failure when really, you know, we, we have to simplify things. So that's kind of what this does. What, so, I don't know if you can answer this question, but I think, I think it's worth pondering. Why do we get so triggered by our kids? I'll go into this more in the course, but I believe from my own experience and from what I've read and others uh, experience as well is that we often are triggered the most as parents by the behaviors in our children that we as children were not permitted to do or express. Um, You know, so just certain behaviors that weren't allowed at your house, like if you weren't allowed to really disagree with your parents, if that blind obedience was expected, then anytime your child is 
you know, deviating from your plans, it's triggering um, because you were not allowed to do that. And so some of it's so deeply, not even something you would think of in your subconscious, as they would say, you know, in the psychology world, but that you just wouldn't even make that connection of why this is so triggering to me. And so that's something that in the parent modules we'll work through and reflect on because that can be helpful too. For self-knowledge, yeah. When they're very young, if that's what they're learning, then that's that, that's what they grow up with before they reach a point where they're, you know, like, you know, I don't want to do this with you guys. You know, which can happen surprisingly young. You know, an 8 or 10-year-old can, some are quite happy to, of course, but some were, you know, no, not, you can't make me. <laughs> I'd like to to... What, ask you, what was your introduction? Now, I have the acronym TBRI, but I don't remember what it stood for now. TBRI. TBRI stands for Trust-Based Relational Intervention. And it's largely the work of a just amazing Christian woman um, named Dr. Uh, Purvis. And she she passed, but she, she wrote The Connected Child and The Connected Parent, too. So she uh, did most of her work out of Texas Christian University. They have a huge department. They're just dedicated to this. And it's an attachment-based, trauma-informed model of intervention that is really designed to meet the complex needs of uh, what they call like a vulnerable population or kids from hard places. So usually foster children or children who have been adopted. And I was blessed to be able to go down to TCU for a week several years ago and be trained in this model of intervention. But what I love about it is that it is not just for, you know, kids with trauma or kids from hard places. And I started using it in my counseling practice back when I had an actual office and I used to do a lot of play therapy. And so I started implementing it with just regular families um, and seeing these incredible results. And it's what opened my eyes to the whole world of attachment parenting, gentle parenting, you know, respectful parenting, however we want to call it. But I'm so thankful for that foundation. This was before I got married, mind you. So it really shaped my ideas of uh, the kind of parent I wanted to be and what was important to me, because I grew up very differently. So if I hadn't of had this education, I don't know what kind of parent I would be right now because it is so easy. Even if you can recognize why you want to be a different parent from how you were raised, if you don't have some framework for that, you don't know how to be different. And so because I got to be trained in this and then implement it with families, it was so much easier to then bring into our own family system of values. And my husband, you know, didn't grow up using, you know, this type of parenting framework either. So he is always immensely grateful that one of us had the opportunity Mm -hmm. to learn differently so we can be different. Um, And it has to be very intentional. For me, I read a lot. Like I read La Leche League was very attachment oriented and some of the early books I read, but it wasn't until I had maybe two or three kids that I came across Gordon Neufeld's work. And that was where it was like, okay, well, now I'm having to implement, my kids are getting a little older and I'm actually having to implement these things. And that's what's hard. I mean, I had, I had the head knowledge, but it was the practice. And I always tell parents that it's, it takes a lot of practice to, 
to be able to relate to your children without freaking out, you know, or to be not reactive for uh, different behaviors or when, you know, they spill the juice or whatever it is. It takes practice. And so you can't expect to be good at it from the get-go. You have to put time in, right? And the more you practice, the better you get at it. What was, what was the fruit of it that you saw? Like, what drew you to that right off the bat? So as a, you weren't a mom, so what drew you to trust-based relationship intervention? What could you see? What was the fruit you were seeing? You know, I, I feel like it was just a God thing, you know, like one of those divine interventions where God leads you where you need to go because it was really just a coworker, like another therapist who had adopted two girls. And so she had been trained in this and she just mentioned like, hey, you should check this out. You know, as therapists, they're always encouraging you to get certified in it a billion different things to (laughs) uh, just expand your professional repertoire of knowledge. And so really at the time I was just looking at it as that, like this just gives me more diversity of what I'm experienced in and what I can offer my uh, clients. And so, and they offered like a full scholarship for this program. So then you just pay your airfare and you get to, in your hotel and you get to do this whole training for free. And so of course you're going to go for that. And, um, and so it wasn't, again, like until I was there learning all of it, that I was just, I mean, enthralled with it. Like if I had discovered this earlier in my career or education, like if I had heard about it and gotten exposure to it as an undergrad or something, I probably would have gone to TCU and pursued their graduate or doctoral programs in this because it was just life-changing. It all clicked again, kind of like, the self-knowledge that I was gaining because they really promote that, that you are looking at your own attachment styles. And that was very eye-opening for me because I just thought that I had secure attachment because I grew up in a relatively normal, quote, home. But to find out that I didn't have secure attachment was really humbling and kind of mind-blowing. And then to really have to start doing some of my own work to heal that, um, it, it just all, all of it was incredible. Okay, so I'd really love for our listeners to have you explain the program and how it works. So just for the sake of our listeners, do you want to sort of tell us first uh, about uh, sort of what's going on with the program when you're running it? Because it's sort of there's a time sensitivity that we should address. Sure. So right now, uh, at the time of the launch of this uh, podcast, we are doing a pre-launch sale. And so what that means is that the whole program is not officially launched right now. So it's still in the developmental phases. And so if you jump in now during the pre-launch sale, you'll get immediate access to the first three modules and all of the content that you would need to present the first few lessons to your family to get started. And that content will carry you through for a whole month at least, um, There's a lot of just daily reflections. It's almost like a little mini family retreat to establish the spiritual foundation of the program. So you'll get all of that. And then the rest of the content will be drifting to your course portal throughout January and February with the whole course being uploaded by March. So we're doing this pre-launch sale right now for anybody who wants to take advantage of that. It's heavily discounted. You can get $40 off what will be the regular price um, of $149 for the regular course once it relaunches um, officially with the full course in March. So people can either jump in now or they can wait till March 
they jump in now, you get to start now like, with this, you know, life-changing program for your family. Uh, and you get to do that at a discount, or you can just wait till March and you'll have access to the whole course at that point and it will be full price. So that's kind of the logistics side of, of things. Now, if, if families need support through it, is there some way they can access support? Like, will there be sort of a live um, component that people could contact or whatever if they were struggling with an aspect of it? You know, that's something that I'm praying about, and I want to hear feedback from people as they kind of start to join the program of what would be the best way to go about doing that. For now, people can definitely reach out. There's like a chat feature on the website that they can message me directly or email me, and I'm happy to help troubleshoot. But looking into kind of like, could there be a community feature where parents who purchase this program can have, you know, a community board where they're able to address different topics and help each other troubleshoot as well. So I'm still working on that side of things, um, but I'm happy to support anybody who needs some extra help. And so then what does it look like in terms of the implementing? Yeah, so uh, in a nutshell, um, the vision of the Interior Kingdom program is that it's this imaginative framework and uh, it's based on scripture verse from Luke that says the kingdom of God is within you. And so we imagine this kingdom of God within us uh, where the heart of the kingdom is a castle where King Jesus lives. And we also can integrate Mary as queen and all of our saint friends, like the royal court. We really kind of, again, want to make this spiritual reality present. And a lot of the saints have talked about making a chapel in your heart where you can always find God or a cell. And so in this program, we'll call it the castle. And uh, and then secondarily, there are landscapes in the kingdom, right? And these landscapes then correlate to the psychological side of the program, which is the circumflex model of affect. It's one that a lot of popular Regulation programs use, Gen Mindful uses it, a lot of school programs use it, but it's where emotional groups are broken into four quadrants um, based on energy and uh, intensity. So, for example, like the lower left quadrant is a blue quadrant, and it's for low energy and low intensity, and that's where you find emotions like sadness, loneliness, desolation, you know, things like that, whereas the yellow quadrant is the upper right quadrant, and it's where you find the high energy emotions and high intensity. So you have excitement and, um, you know, pride and just like all of these, you know, warm, fuzzy feelings that, that you'd expect to find. So these emotional groups are, um, are then the landscapes that we experience and we navigate and it gives us this opportunity to observe our emotions instead of identifying them and it becomes kind of like this imaginative game where we uh, will help our children and ourselves like to pretend that we're visiting these different landscapes and then navigate our way back to the castle 
and our castle is our true home to be with Jesus. And it's not about just getting back to the happy place or the calm place, because again, that's where the secular programs focus on, but it's about being with Jesus because we know as Christians that we can experience really complex emotions, but also have peace, right? And we will use the fruit of the spirit actually as a litmus test for how do we know when we're balanced? How do we know when we're at home in a castle? And we will know that by the fruit of the spirit. So again, really trying to bring in virtue and um, just the foundations of our Christian life into this program as well. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. <laughs> but if you have further questions that you think would help help your listeners, let me know. <laughs> I would. My question is, who is this for? You know, if someone's listening and they're thinking, you know, would this be worth it for me? Would I actually get anything out of it? I mean, what, who was your target audience? Who are you trying to help the most in this program? Yeah, I keep getting that question a lot. And I mean, truly, I believe that it is for the whole family. It is for parents as much as it is for kids. Uh, the family lessons are written in kind of a Montessori style or catechesis of the Good Shepherd style, if anybody's familiar where it really promotes like a discussion, like thoughtfulness, reflection, um, and hands-on activity. And that's more going to be directed towards like, I would say ages two to 12, depending on 13, how cooperative your older children are. Like Bonnie was saying earlier, I do include considerations for teenagers and I believe that it's for teenagers too. But obviously as Bonnie was saying, it gets increasingly harder to get your children to adapt new ideas that are coming from you as a parent, the older they get. And that's why it is so important that we start doing this when we have young children, like ages one and two are not too young. Like my two year old loves this. Like she will run all by herself to our interior kingdom corner and she will get out her compass. This is like part of the program and she will like implement coping skills at age two. And she knows who King Jesus is. And it's just so heartwarming to see that, you know, a two year old can start having a conceptualization of her own emotions and how God is a part of them. So it is for, again, the whole family um, it will take for parents, you know, who only have teenagers, it's going to take some work and creativity, but I believe it's absolutely worth it. If you haven't been able to do something for emotional formation for your teenager, then go the extra mile and take the content and find a way. And I believe that God will inspire parents to do this. Find a way to reach your teenager's heart because it could be just paramount for at least giving them this framework for how to view their emotions and God being a part of it, even if they act really resistant towards it, right? You're still planting those seeds. Um, so it's never too late to do that. And then likewise, it's, it's for parents as well to be able to help heal their own emotional wounds um, from childhood and adolescence and their own misunderstandings about under about emotions so that they can then pass on to their children right a better foundation 
for their emotional and spiritual lives. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, just a couple of ideas are sort of going through my mind in terms of, of dealing with older kids. And this is one of the one of the things that, you know, we've found anyways, is that that sometimes if you just implement something as a family, even if you, you know, you're pretty sure that the teenagers are going to, you know, be resistant. No, you know, I'm not going to be part of that or whatever, that they're still observing it, right? So if you have older kids and younger kids, that they're still observing what's going on. Um, but I think, you know, your comment about being inspired, uh, you know, read this material yourself, like as a parent, read it, even if it's for younger kids, because sometimes it's easier. It's a more simplistic um paradigm with younger children it doesn't feel like it when you only have younger children but it's more simplistic in the sense that everything is uh, is plainer right every emotions or things get more complicated complicated than the older you are but it's still the same the same thing so anyway you sort of practice on your younger kids or you read the program if you only have teenagers and you you absorb it yourself before you try sort of passing it on to them but the other thing too that i think is really really helpful as your kids get older and sometimes even not even teenagers it's 8 or 10 year olds to be able to say Listen, I think that I haven't done a good job uh, of giving you some ways of dealing with your strong emotions. I, I don't think I deal with mine that well. Just being very, very honest. I feel like we need to try something new. And this is something that I think is going to help me. I'm not going to make you do it, but I, I, I'm going to work with this. I'm hoping that it makes a difference in my life. And, you know, if you want to come along for the ride, that would be great. I think that there's a big value in saying, you know what, I'm not doing a good job right now. I think it's affected all of us. And so, you know, would you give me the slack I need to to be able to try something different because I feel like we're at loggerheads or whatever, you know, whatever is going on with teenagers or older children, at least gives them an opportunity. Like, I'm not too old to learn. I'm not now, you know, I'm 58. I'm not too old. You know, I have to sometimes just say, you know what, I'm trying to do something different because what I'm doing right now isn't working. And our lives will always be like that. There's a big value in that for parents if they're concerned that they will, will meet um, obstinacy with their kids. Mm, yeah, that is great advice. I'm so glad you were able to share your wisdom as a mother of having older children. And I'm, it sounds amazing what you're doing. When people ask, do you think I should go to therapy? And I'm a huge therapy advocate. And if I had like infinite lifetimes, I would definitely become a therapist and midwife <laughs> and a doula and a childbirth educator part-time bread baker. I don't know. When people ask me, should I go to therapy? I'm like, most people, I think, benefit from therapy. I mean, most people in our culture have wounds go to therapy. that, Absolutely. I mean, who wouldn't, I don't know. I don't know if there's anyone out there who wouldn't benefit from therapy, mm -hmm. truly. And when I think about this program and I think about who it's for, I can't think of any family I know who would not benefit from a program like this. This is a perennial topic when it comes to parenting. There's no other program that I've seen like this out there. And I, but I am definitely going to buy the full thing because my husband and I really want to do this with our kids. I'm really, really excited that this exists because I've been trying to cobble together my own sort of education in emotional regulation since I became a mom. I love the kingdom analogy. I love the, I'm a very analogy driven thinker. So that really works for me. I think it's really great for kids. So I'm just, I'm so excited. And I'm really thankful that you put the work in. <laughs> she must've been a lot of work, especially with two kids and one on the way. Oh my gosh. Which is why we're doing the pre-launch. <laughs> the only way it is going 
to get done is if have that time frame and the ability to just be able to drip content in because it is hard to do something like this as a mother and it's been um really hard to balance of like no god is calling me to do this and my toddler needs me right now and it feels like this is impossible and so just putting it in god's hands and uh he put this on my heart of like try this pre-launch because I wanted it to all just be done. Right. Like, and I wanted it to be perfect and just totally ready. So I had to listen to the Holy spirit guiding me of like, maybe you could do it this way. Would you be willing to let go of your perfectionism? Yeah, no, it's a really good idea. Kind of work out the bugs and most people aren't going to be able to rest, like just burn through the entire program three months. So it's going to be perfect pace for people who are ordinary parents who don't have a ton of time. Yeah. And you know, something that Johanna, that I would like to share with you is we, we went through some pretty severe family trauma when my kids were younger. One of the things that, you know, came out of that, what we've realized looking back is that all our kids should have gone through therapy because of these couple of different traumas that we had that were really bad. And I mean, every family goes through its traumas, right? Even, you know, parents just having a fight or, or, or a mom just blowing her top occasionally. And even those can cause traumas. And those are just normal things. But most of us have different, you know, really, really challenging times we've gone through. But we've looked back and thought, you know, we, we believe we did a lot of things right. But what we didn't do right, we should, our, all our kids should have gotten therapy. And if something had been available, you know, back in the day when our kids were younger, that, that, that might've made all the difference for working through those traumatic events. And that's, what's really hard too, is, you know, because our country does not value mental health, those services are not available. It is insanely expensive to access out of pocket, faith-based counseling services. And I've always felt that tension as a therapist who loves offering the faith-based services, but also like I don't want to just provide these services for the elite. Like everybody should have access to mental health. And that was also a reason I wanted to develop this program was that for the cost essentially of one therapy session, the going rate is 150 or more for a counseling session. And it, and again, the professionals deserve that. That's, that's just, but I wish our government was providing a way for people to access that and that therapists could get paid and people could have access to those services. But, but since that's not the case, that at least families could access this and at least they could have the foundation for, again, giving their children and even like helping themselves heal some childhood wounds without needing to invest in therapy for every single family member because that just isn't financially feasible for for many families and of course if huge traumas come up that hopefully then they can access counseling but i do think that this could be used as preventative care uh, and i talk about that on the website that it it could be used in the same way that we go to the dentist and that we go to the doctor, like, mm -hmm. what do we do for our mental Maintenance, health? Right? <laughs> and at least this, this could do that. One fee for the whole family, like, for the rest of your lives. Like, is that not something that we value? I hope that it can make its way into homes and, like, really change families. Because if we don't have our emotional health and wellness, like, are we really able to live, you know, the abundant life that Jesus has called us to?
Like she desires wellness for us, mind, body, and soul. But we also have to be willing to invest in those different areas. And sometimes as Catholics and Christians, we over-prioritize the spiritual. And we think that, well, if I just am holier, if I just pray more, everything else will be better. And it's not going to work like that. Like we have to have balance in each area. And you can have that anxiety or depression that is so bad that it prevents you from praying. Like it prevents you from, from really being in relationship with God. I mean, I ask me how I know I've experienced that it's, I know so many people have experienced that and it was, it was getting help with my anxiety and depression and getting on medication ultimately that opened the door for me to have a deeper spiritual life. This, I love the idea of preventative maintenance. And I think we don't think about that enough when it comes to mental health. Well, Johanna does. So <laughs> yes, we'll be praying for your success. Yes, absolutely. We'll pray for this ministry. So where can people find you? And I would encourage people really strongly to do so. This is just such a valuable resource. So, so where can they find you? And then Saturday night will be the, uh, when this pre-launch actually ends, right? So people have to be snappy if they will. We'll put it in the show notes so people know that there's a time sensitive issue here. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, the sale has been going on the whole week, but by the time this launches, people will have literally like, I don't know, about 12 hours. Yeah. <laughs> so you will want to be able to act quickly. Um, so you can find all the information about the program on our website, which is just www.interiorkingdom.com. We're on Facebook, but I will be honest, I am not like a great social media person. So I might throw up a post here or there, but all of the real information is on the website. Okay. Okay. That's great. Well, thank you so, so much. I think this is a, an incredible gift to families and I'm so grateful that you agreed to, to come on for an interview and all the best for all of this. It's just been that's lovely to talk. Great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This was fun. <laughs> okay. So thank you again, Johanna. And thank you, Christina, for bringing her to our attention. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> My pleasure. Okay.